Hey, this is Sherman Thomas, and welcome to Kingdom Talk Ministries Podcast. I pray that what you hear today inspires you, blesses you, and influences you to be an ambassador for Christ. Enjoy the message. The first question 
as we think about remembering this man, the first question that would come to our mind is, who was Lot? Who was Lot? To answer the question, Lot was the nephew of Abram, who moved with him into the land of Canaan. Lot's father, Heron, who was Abram's brother, died at a young age. So Abram took the lad to live with him. Abram and Lot were inseparable, treated him as a son and referred to him as a brother. Lot believed in and trusted Abraham's God. Scripture clearly says that Lot was counted righteous by God. Lot's story shows that God makes a very sharp distinction between the righteous and the wicked. And that while the latter will be destroyed, the former will be saved. Lot is called just because he preserved himself uncontaminated amidst the surrounding wickedness. As long as he lived in Sodom, he maintained the character of an upright and a holy man. But there was something about Brother Lot. This brother made a worldly decision. He made a wrong decision. And from that decision, his life was a downward spiral. The Bible tells us that Abram was a wealthy man. I pause here to say that it is God who gives wealth. And that God is not against wealth. Uh, there was a young man, a young ruler who came to Jesus. The Bible said that he was rich. And he asked Jesus, what must he do to inherit eternal life? And after Jesus gave him the instruction, the Bible said he left the Lord's present very sad. Because what the Lord told him to do, he was not willing to do. We use that one man and we use him to, as if Jesus was writing a prescription for all human beings with wealth. But we must understand that that was a very personal diagnosis of that one man. That Jesus knew his heart. Jesus knew his condition. 
Jesus knew that he was not right. Jesus knew that his riches were taking the place of God in his life. And so that was that man's diagnosis. But it's not for everybody with wealth. Am I talking to somebody? So Abram was a wealthy man, the Bible says. His nephew, Lot, was also a wealthy man. They had great wealth, the Bible says. They had herds, they had cattle, they had all of these animals. They, they were wealthy men. They had servants. Am I talking to us today? Abraham had a whole army in his house. 318 warriors. Oh, Lord. So Abraham was wealthy. And Lot was also wealthy. The Bible says, one day there arose a disagreement or a quarrel between the herdsmen of Abram and the herdsmen of Lot. That they had so much cattle, so much animals that the land could not contain both of them. And so the men began to quarrel with each other. And somehow Lot got involved in it. And Abram said to him, Let us not get involved in this. I'm paraphrasing now. Look at the land and make your choice. The Bible says, Lot looked toward the plain of Sodom. And when he saw how, how green, how how lush it was. Lot chose the plain of Sodom. And Abram agreed with Lot's choice. Let me, let me step out a little here to say that after Lot's choice, I don't believe Abram was well pleased. Hmm. Here it is. You have your nephew who you're taking care of. And you tell him, well, choose. And he chose the best. And he left the rest for you. That can be considered a sign of disrespect. Am I, am I talking to us? I don't believe Abraham was well pleased. And I believe it was as he pondered Lot's choice that God said to him, Now, Abram, Lord, I to say, don't, don't worry about that. I want you to now lift up your eyes. Look toward the south. Look toward the north. Look toward the east and the west. All of this is yours. So although Lot Don't worry about it. Because
I have greater things in store for you. Am I talking to us? The Bible says, And the land was not able to bear them, that they might dwell together, for their substance was great, and that they could not dwell together. And so there was strife between the herdsmen of Abram's cattle and the herdsmen of Lot's cattle because at that time the Canaanites and the Perizzites, they dwell in the land. Lot saw the plain and he looked towards Sodom. Lot made a worldly decision by talking to us. Mm. Lot chose all the plagues according to Genesis 13, 10 and 11. The valley, the Bible says, amen, was like the garden of God or the garden of Eden. It was very pleasant and Lot chose it. Mm. But the question is, what, what came of it? Solomon says, better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof. Because something begins well does not always mean that it's going to end well. So better is the end, amen, because you see it that it ends well. Am I talking to us today? Better is the end of it than its beginning. Lot made his decision. The next news that we hear about Lot after he made his decision was in chapter 14 when he was carried away. When the kings gathered together and uh, overtook Sodom, Gomorrah took all of their wealth and captured the people. Lot was also captured. And Lot and his family, and when Abram heard that, amen, that's when he called out his army. 318 armed men, men who can fight. This man was a wealthy man, and somebody say amen. To have 318 warriors in your house. A man had great wealth. And the Bible said he took his army and he pursued them. And he overtook them. And he took back everything that they took. And somebody say amen. And he rescued his nephew Lot and his family. Hallelujah. And he brought him back. But here it is. Lot was so attached to Sodom that even after Abraham rescued him and brought him back, he still went right back to Sodom. Oh Lord. He had a chance. He didn't have to go back and somebody say amen. He didn't have to go back. But his whole life was tied up there because of the decision that he made. Follow me for a moment. Those of us 
who make choices based solely on the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life without consenting or without consulting God as it relates to the interests of our souls, we are going to find ourselves disappointed even in the things that we set out to attain. And I'm saying even after attaining them, we are going to be disappointed. We finally realize that they promise themselves that they have satisfaction in them, but when we achieve them, we realize that they are empty. In all our choices, there is one principle that should overrule everything. That what is best for us must also be best for our souls. We need to consider our soul in making decisions. Amen. Amen. Not just our body, but our souls. And in the end, it's going to be good for us. Lot made a bad decision. He made a selfish decision. And as a result, he finds himself associating with evil men. Mm. The Bible says the men of Sodom were wicked. I read here to say, although all are sinners, there are some that are greater than others. And I'll tell you why I say that. The men of Sodom were sinners in the first class as it relates to magnitude. The sinners before the Lord, they were impotent, daring sinners. They were what the proverb talked about when it says, Sodom hide not its sin. They, they were presumptuous in your face with it. And what are you going to do about it? They were not hiding anything. Am I talking to somebody today? Some sinners are the words for living in a good land. So the sodomites were for this was their iniquity. Sodom was proud, full of bread, and abundance of idleness. Oh, Lord. Three things. They were proud, they were wealthy, and they were idle. Because of the prosperity of the land, they became proud. Mm. They were prosperous, had money, and they were idle. Listen to what Ezekiel says in chapter 16 and verse 49. Behold, this was the iniquity of thy sister Sodom. She was proud, full of bread, and abundance of idleness 
was in her and her daughters, neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and the needy. They were proud, they were rich, and they were idle. And here the Bible is saying that they could have used their wealth in another way. By strengthening the hand of the needy. My darling Lord. I am looking and I see some signs of Sodom in our society, in our world today. Where people are proud because of their wealth and they have nothing to do. They're idle. And, and I look at times at some of these uh, vegan proponents. Some of those who believe that you shouldn't eat meat. And they are so radical in their approach that they're not suggesting that you choose a vegan diet. They are demanding. So they go to the arbitrary, they go to the stores where people buy meat and preventing people. They're going to parties where people serve meat. And they're crashing the party because they're serving meat and saying, this is abundance of idleness. That people don't have anything to do. They are proud. They have money. And they are idle. Sodom was proud. Sodom was wealthy and the people were idle. And it was because of their idleness that caused them to get themselves in all the things that they were involved in. Because we know Sodom and when we think of Sodom, we think of Sodomites. And we think of the homosexual movement. And I thought it was today. But the Bible says the, the undercurrent there for Sodom was that they were proud, they were rich, and they were idle. And that led them down the destruction path. Oh, Lord. That's what Ezekiel 16, verse 49 says. So the prosperity of fools can destroy them. Destroy them completely. Oh, Lord. Sometimes we just cannot understand. God gives great plenty to great sinners. We think of Sodom and its fruitful playing while Abraham, the man of God, 
lived on mountain in tents. And Sodom had all the luxury. Oh, Lord. Sodom had all that one would have wanted. But there is the servant, the man of God, the father of the faithful, living in tents. Living in tents on the mountainside. When wickedness has come to its height, ruin is not far off. When wickedness reached its height, ruin is not far off. It was Billy Graham who said, if God does not judge America, then he owes Sodom an apology. Now that's a strong statement. That's a strong statement for a preacher to make. But when we look at the situation back then and now, he came to that conclusion. Now he could have said that and nobody criticized him. Oh Lord. Because he was really grand. Jeremiah Wright said the same thing. Oh Lord. And he was vilified. It's the same thing. That God would owe Sodom an apology if he does not judge an act. And I'm quoting Billy Graham. Say that to say, brethren, that the world that we're living in is an evil world. And it's important that we understand this. It is important that we remind ourselves that this world is an evil world. Mm. The Bible says that Lot was grieved when he saw the wickedness that he was molested, he was persecuted by them because he would not do as they did. It is often been the unfortunate lot of good men to live among wicked neighbors. And he cannot but be grievous. Lot, the Bible says, he brought this situation upon himself. So first of all, we see this man, Lot, a righteous man, a good man. He made a bad decision, a worldly decision, and ended up finding himself living among evil men. And the third thing we see about this man's Lot is that he narrowly escaped destruction. Narrowly escape destruction. Now, Lot had every advantage imaginable to know the Lord and to live his life to the fullest because he was with 
Abraham. He had every, every opportunity. Mm. But he paid little attention really to the testimony or the witness of Abraham. So we see again he was given first choice of the land. And he chose what he thought was best to his eye. And the Bible said he settled toward Sodom. He was rescued from enslavement. When he was captured by the king, as we said earlier, and instead of returning with Abram, he chose to return to Sodom. Lot loved the Sodom. He loved the opportunities of the city. It was good for business. Lot coveted the city's bright light, the opportunity for wealth, for possession, for pleasure and position. The scripture gives a graphic picture of Lot's love for Sodom. The planning stage he went through, moving closer and closer toward the city of Sodom with his wickedness, Lot first lifted up his eyes and looked toward the city. The second thing we see is that he pitched his tent towards Sodom. That's Genesis 13, 12, and 13. Later, Lot lived in Sodom. He moved into the city. When we finally see him in chapter 19, the Bible says, Lot was sitting at the gate of Sodom. Mm -hmm. The gate refers there to the authorities, the people who make the decisions. So Lot had become one of them. And although he was a righteous man, the Bible makes it clear that every day his soul was vexed when he saw how the people lived. Because he made that wrong, selfish decision to take the best, the man that was his father. Mm. Lot began his pilgrimage to the promised land with Abram. But once there, he saw Sodom. And instead of focusing upon the heavenly city to which Father Abram was leading, he looked and looked at Sodom, and the city attracted him. Eventually, Lot became one with the city and with the ungodly people. Lot's life is a graphic picture of a backsliding Christian. Mm -hmm. 
dangerous threat to all. Lot was saved, the Bible says, genuinely saved. For hear what the scripture says that we read about him, that God delivered just lots. Vexed with the filthy conversation or the behavior of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them in seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. But the reality is, Lot chose that for himself. It was not what life dished out to him. That was his choice. That was his choosing. And sometimes we find ourselves in situations and we are there because of our choices. Oh Lord. We find ourselves in some calamities at times and we are there because we made the wrong choice. Understand this, that if you're a child of God, God never gives up on you. That although you make the wrong choice and find yourself in difficult situation, the Bible says God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. And I move further to that even when you cause it on yourself. God is still there to help. He's a very present hell in trouble. I say this up, brother, a lot, and this is the last point. That Lot lost everything. Lot lost his prosperity. Lot lost his wife and some of his children because some were married to Solomon's. And when Lot told them the news to depart, they just laughed at him. And so it was the two unmarried daughters along with his wife that they left together. So hear me, Lot lost his property, Lot lost his wife and children, and Lot lost his reputation. Whenever we think about Lot, we should have been thinking about a man who left with Father Abraham. Am I talking to somebody? A man who sojourned with Abraham. A man who worked with Abraham. A man who served God like Father Abraham. But whenever we think about Lot, we always think about Sodom. Lot is forever associated with Sodom. And God, because of the decision that he made, this man should have been one of the the great giants, the great heroes, because he was there with faithful Abraham when he started out. The Bible says, Amen. Abraham took his wife Sarah and he took Lot, his nephew. And they set out on the journey. Lot should have been remembered, oh Lord, as one of the great men. He said, When we remember him, 
we remember him as a man who lost everything. Lost desire to linger in the world. This is a descriptive picture of how far a believer can backslide. A believer can actually fall in love with the world despite the severe warnings of impending judgment. A believer. There was the urgent warning. The two angels warned Lot. He needed to hurry because God was about to rain fire on the city. God told Abraham that he was going to destroy Sodom. But Abraham, remember his nephew, Lot, that's where he lived. And Abraham pleaded for him. Am I talking to somebody? Lot lingered, didn't want to go. And so the Bible says the angels lay hold on Lot and his wife and his two daughters. They didn't want to go. They were so entangled. They had so much wound up in Sodom that it was difficult for them to leave. So they didn't want to go. And the Bible says, amen, that the angels lay hold on them. And I can envision one angel holding on to Lot and another holding on to the hand of his wife and the other angel holding on to the two daughters and I come to us. Amen. And taking their flight because fire was about to rain. But Lot was so connected. Oh God. The Bible said that we should not entangle ourselves with this world. Amen. We are in this world but we are not of this world. The Bible said we should not entangle ourselves. Lot was so entangled. Lot was so entrenched that Lot did not want to go. But here's my house. I have everything here. Everything that I've worked for is here. I can't leave it. And you can't criticize the man for that. Oh Lord. Amen. Because that's all that he had. But then his life was going to be destroyed. His life was going to be ruined. And the angel they hold on them and pull them out of the city and say to Lot, now flee to the mountain. Lot said, I can't handle the mountain. <laughs> Send me in the little town over there. And the angel granted the request and sent him over there. But the last thing we heard of Lot, oh Lord, he was back in the mountain with Abraham. Oh Lord. Because when the reality of Sodom, when the reality of the fires sunk in, although he was in that little town that was there, Lot felt that the mountain was much safer. So he went right back to the mountain where he was at first. Lot lost 
everything. Everything. Lot lost everything. He lost everything because he made that decision. Mm. Lot lingered because of his attachment. Again, a believer can be so entrenched, so in love with the world, despite the warnings of impending judgment, that a believer can still be so entrenched. I believe God is saying to us today, come out from among them and be separate. Come out from among them. We are in the world, but we are not of the world. Oh, Lord. Lot, the final diagnosis of this man was, Lot was a good man who made a bad decision to associate with evil men. He narrowly escaped destruction he lost everything. He lost his property. He lost his wife. He lost his reputation. The command was given to Lot and the family as they left Sodom that nobody should look back. I said, head out, no looking back. And somewhere in the journey, Lot's wife looked back. And the Bible says she became a pillar of salt. And Josephus tells us that Josephus lived in the time of Christ, the Jewish historian that he saw the pillar of salt. But Lot's wife became a statue, pillar of salt. Mm. All because she looked back. Ah. But she had so much invested in the city, one might say. Her whole life was there. Lot and his family lived in Sodom for 20 years. Imagine living at a place for 20 years. Your, your whole life is invested there. 20 long years they lived there for. Everything they had was there. But God commanded them not to look back. And God knew why he said, do not look back. And she looked back and she became a pillar of salt. I want to share with us today three suggestions for making wise choices. Lot's calamity came about because he made a wrong decision. Hmm. In the moment he felt it was the best thing for him to do. Because they all have cattle. 
And he felt he would get one up on his uncle. And so he chose the plains. Now I don't really believe again saying that Father Abraham was well pleased. Not only that they were about to be ripped apart, but about the fact that he gave his nephew the choice, the first choice. And his nephew chose the best and leave the worst for him. Now, simple manners, if somebody has two items and they tell you, take one, I want to give you one. You're not going to want to take the best one or the better of the two. My copy was. You're going to show some respect to the owner and take the one that is the lesser. Of others. Uh, 
A wise man learns from the mistakes of others. So, so as we look at others and see how they do it and the end result, then we say, hey, do I want to have that same result? Or do I want to have a different result? Am I, am I talking to us today? There, there is safety in having many counselors. The Bible says, in the multitude of counselors, there's safety. Because everybody has a slightly different idea for the most part. And as you listen to them all, amen, you can come to your own conclusion as to what direction you should take. There is wisdom in heeding the counsel of others, the proverb tells us. And there are two sources, the Bible, especially the book of Proverbs. And sometimes older, mature Christians, don't, don't, don't be too proud to ask them how they did what they did. Because you might just learn something. You might just learn something that God would have you to, to incorporate or to apply to your life or to your situation or to the decision that you're about to make. And the third and final thing that we need to do is to commit our choices to the Lord. Put them in his hand. Mm. Make your, your understanding or your choices with the understanding that this is going to come to pass if the Lord wills. Because if he does not will it, it's not going to come to pass. So it is if the Lord's will. Mm. Sometimes we even need to pray to ask the Lord to frustrate our plans if it's not according to his will so that we would know that it is the wrong way we are going and so we can pull back and get ourselves in order Lord if this is not the right way to do it I pray that you would frustrate it bring about confusion so I would know that this is not the way to go mm. We need to include God in our decision-making if we wish to make right choices. Lot's life began a downward spiral because of that one decision that he made. Prior to that decision, all was well with him. A wealthy man flourishing and doing good doing well with his uncle. But when he made that decision to choose the better of the land towards Sodom, his life started to go down. And in his eyes, at first might appear as if it's going up. But he started going down. He started well 
but he didn't continue well. And for that reason, he did not finish well at all. Lord should have been mentioned among the giants of the faith. Ah. Lord should have been mentioned of one of the great fathers of the faith. That is set out as example for us to look at. Look at Father Lord. But every time that his name is mentioned, it's mentioned with Sodom and Gomorrah. Any time that we think about Lot today, we always think about God's judgment on Sodom and Gomorrah. My brother, sister, friend, it does not have to be that way with us. We can start well, we can continue well, so that we can all finish well. When we come to the end of the journey, we can look back over our lives and rejoice the way the Lord has brought us from and what he has allowed us to do in the process of this life as we are on our journey to the heavenly paradise that he has promised to us. Lot was the partaker of the blessing that God promised to faithful Abraham. But in the end, he lost everything, even his reputation. He lost everything. I believe if Brother Lot had to do it over again, he would have made another choice. He would have taken another journey. But the reality is when we make our choices, we make our choices. And so as we contemplate whatever choice it is, let us make sure that we involve the Lord, that we allow him to guide us, we allow him to direct us. Because when we do, we know the end is going to be sure. Mark the perfect man, the only upright, for the end of that man is peace. It's not only going to start well, but it is going to finish well. So as we remember Brother Lot this morning, we remember that he was a righteous man who made a bad decision. He associated himself with evil men. He narrowly escaped destruction. But in the end, he lost everything. He lost his wealth, he lost his family, and he lost his reputation. Let us learn from Brother Lot how not to do it. How not to not how to, but how not to do it. Because we don't want to have the same results as he did in the end. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you. Our Heavenly Father, we praise you. 
We adore and we magnify you for you are God and God alone. Thank you for the example of our brother Lot. Thank you God for bringing him out to us this morning so that we can learn from his life. How we pray, O oh God, that even now that you would touch our hearts again. Touch our hearts again. Give us a new sense of energy that we need, the strength that we need, Lord, to live the life that you have called us to and to cut loose from those things that would entangle us to cause us not to finish well. Oh God, hear our prayers today. We give you thanks and we give you praise in Jesus' name. There's somebody in the house this morning who is not saved. God has spoken to you and you want to give Jesus. Well, I do hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Be mindful of the fragility of your everlasting spirit. To be a part of the Kingdom Talk Ministry podcast, you can find us on Facebook or you can listen to us on anywhere you listen to your podcast. You can also email us at kingdomtalkministries at gmail.com. I'm Sherman Thomas. Do have yourselves a great day and trust in God.